feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled TIFF review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Today, we are reviewing Tobias Lindholm's The Good Nurse, starring Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. I uh, didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Eric, how are you? Matt, I'm good. It's uh, you know we're we're at the end of October, the the end it's of still reviewing season. Tiff movies. <laughs> still, still, still rigging them out. Um, you know the world is still going round. You know news of uh, Tobin Bell coming back to the Saw franchise, and just breaking news: Amy Redford's Roost, which is now being called uh, when it comes around, has been picked up by IFC Films. IFC didn't, didn't expect IFC to pick it up. I guess that kind of tracks like IFC midnight kind of like it's not midnight. It's just plain just IFC. IFC yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Probably the worst movie we saw at the festival. Yeah. <laughs> so and hey. not sticking with the title Roost. So but today we're not talking about Roost, which I th- did. We reviewed it. You can go listen to that. No, review, we didn't. Right? Review it. No, we, we didn't. We talked about it in our no. wrap up this episode. Is, this is the thing, everyone. So we watched a lot of movies at TIFF, um, and it, it's hard to do a podcast while you're still, you know, watching movies at TIFF and can't lug around, you know, a podcasting studio. So we're still trickling out reviews from TIFF. I mean, we're recording them afterwards, and now they're coming out as the films are coming out. So uh, it's an interesting kind of uh, look back at how we felt of these movies, you know, back at at the festival you eric have seen some of these movies now a second time because you've either done interviews or reviewed them for rogers and things like that too um some of them for myself same thing but it depends on what the movie is but we'll still have tiff reviews and they'll be branded tiff reviews for probably the next year <laughs> so until next tiff so so we'll see so when but today, comes out we'll have that review yeah. ready to go but you will have to change the the Mm-hmm. Oh, it. right. Because I already made the thumbnails where, yeah. you know, am I branding all of this TIFF stuff just because I don't want to go change the thumbnails? Yes, I, but we did. But we did see all of these movies at TIFF. And I yeah. feel like giving attribution of where we saw them in the context that we saw them in, uh, I think is important. So we saw this uh, near the end of the festival um, at Roy Thompson Hall. It is a Netflix film. It'll be released uh October 26th. So by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already up on Netflix. It's had a a very short theatrical release as well. Um, Eric, you've now seen the movie twice, I believe, right? And you interviewed uh, Tobias Lindholm. I sure did. Go check out on Rogers TV. I think it's like three minutes Um, and 25 seconds. I love it. Love it. Love those. You literally ask one question. (laughs) It's done. Yeah. It was very nice though. And, um, you know, his, his question, his answer was, was thoughtful and, um, you know, Tobias Lindholm, for people maybe that aren't familiar with him, uh, is a Danish director who is usually kind of best known as a writer first and has worked with Thomas Vinterberg. He co-wrote Another Round, um, but also uh, directed a couple films, A Hijacking and A War. And this is his first English language 
uh, film, but also it's the first movie he's worked with that isn't based on a script that he wrote in any capacity whatsoever. It's written by Christy uh, Wilson Karens, who wrote 1917 and co-wrote uh, Last Night in Soho with Edgar Wright. Um, so, you know, there's 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 an interesting kind of outsider perspective on um sort of the look at like sort of hospitals in the medical industry from the point of view that is, you know, a European filmmaker, a European voice. And this is based on a true story um, where they're adapting it from a novel that was written by uh, Charles Graber, also called The Good Nurse, which is uh, from the point of view of Amy Loughran, who's played by Jessica Chastain. Um, she works at Parkfield Memorial Hospital in New Jersey, uh, circa 2003. And Eddie Redmayne's uh, character, who again is a real life serial killer, uh, Charlie Cullen, um, is brought on staff to kind of do the rounds. But mysteriously, patients start dying. And that's when... Um, the police procedural aspect of the story kicks in and you have uh, Noah Emmerich and Namdi Asmoa coming in to kind of play the detective roles and investigating it and sort of being blocked by bureaucracy uh, on the hospital end. Uh, Kim Dickens plays the risk uh, manager for the hospital. And what you have essentially isn't a serial killer film, but more a police procedural and character study mixed in with a film that is showing you and telling you in, in a subtle way, I think for the most part, but it's still upfront about it that these hospitals were as complicit with, you know, the murders because they kept allowing, you know, this guy to continually apply for jobs at different hospitals. And they never kind of, you know, said, they never reported him to the police. They they never reported him to other hospitals, and he was allowed to go from one to another. Um, and so we'll probably actually be talking a lot about this, not only in this review, but even in Holy Spider, where the serial killer themselves is not maybe as cunning or sophisticated or smart as they let on to be it's more so the institution that continues to protect them and enable them in, in a way that when you're watching this movie, you realize that, okay, well this situation could have been dealt with swiftly and, 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 and quick enough to kind of, you know, apprehend him and, and deal with it. But because the system is the way it is, you know, they don't want any liability. So the hospitals are basically as guilty as uh, Charlie Cullen in this case. Yeah. And because hospitals in the U.S. are run as for-profit organizations, it's, yeah. you know, a victim of capitalism, just like many other places where it's more interested in protecting itself because it doesn't and its shareholders and whoever, you know, it, you know, Money first, essentially, which is how most businesses run, which is profits why we over see patients, profits over people is the perfect thing and patients in this situation. So it, it's it's unfortunately something we see way too often in in many large uh, organizations and, and businesses in the entire world, not just the United States. But um, it's really kind of despicable. And, you know, obviously, it's very horrible what he's doing. It's 
the most heinous thing, but like it, on top of that, there is an interesting thing to be said there about how these hospitals treated this and kind of swept it under the rug and just went like, you know, if, if this comes out and people find out that, you know, we allowed this to happen, our hospital could go under or, you know, we could be ruined kind of thing. And then they just kind of go fire him and move on. And that's really, really fucked up. But the movie itself, um, I thought was pretty good. Like, again, it, it's a pretty solid procedural kind of thriller, like with a good performance from Jessica Chastain. I I, I was surprised from that kind of police procedural element, which I wasn't expecting to be a part of this movie. I don't know what I necessarily was expecting. Um, but, you know, it's one of those kind of and it's kind of perfect to be on Netflix, to be honest. Like it is one of those movies that. You know, you throw on on a weekend on a Friday or Saturday and you kind of know the true story based on reading some of it over the last however many years. And, uh, you know, it will hit you for some of the reasons that Eric and I just mentioned from how the hospital swept it under the rug, uh, how he was doing it and how he was just a total sociopath. Um, I think from a negative standpoint, I think we both probably, Eric, you can go more into this, but I, I think it's someone we don't really care for. And this doesn't really help is Eddie Redmayne where, um, you know, I think he is well cast to a certain extent to play kind of a monotone socio sociopath, except monotone. I say until you, he gets his big Eddie Redmayne moment where he's like a, uh, you know, Kermit flail flailing his arms in the air. Um, I just don't, I don't know. Like he, he's, he's someone who never quite clicks for me in anything. And he, when we talk about, you know, on, on recent reviews, like acting, someone who's just fucking acting, you know, and you're like, who's trying so goddamn hard and it doesn't feel effortless and you can never kind of lose yourself in their performance where Chastain is great at that, where, you know, I, I lose myself and I don't see, you know, Jessica Chastain. I see the characters that she plays with Eddie Redmayne. I feel like in anything, and especially even in this, um, I just see Eddie Redmayne and it's just like whether what accent he's doing, you know, his inflection, the way he's kind of overperforming. And I, I feel like I see that throughout this whole movie. So that kind of hinders the movie a bit, um, but it didn't ruin it for me um, where I just found this kind of a pretty mildly enjoyable, enjoyable is a weird word, but like, you know, it is an engaging uh, procedural throughout the entire runtime. And, and I thought it was solid, like decent. Yeah, it has enough intrigue to kind of keep you going, but also I think, again, centering it on Amy and not Charlie, um, you know, in the last few years, there has been conversations when it comes to how serial killers are portrayed in film and television, specifically uh, stuff on Netflix, you know, with the Ryan Murphy, Jeffrey Dahmer series with Evan Peters recently, and even um, the Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie where, you know, they're kind of turning them into these weird like folk heroes or kind of morbid fascinations. And it's very disrespectful to the families of the victims and just the idea of you know, it's it's a tricky kind of way to kind of get inside the mind of somebody where you're trying to find a reason for why they did what they did. And with this movie, I think one of the strongest aspects, especially rewatching it, the creepiest thing about Eddie Redmayne's character is that it doesn't try to find that reason why. It uses that more so as a way to 
keep you engaged with the material because you'll you'll never know the the true reason why he did what he did. Only he will ever know that as the answer. And and it does kind of give you some hints to like, okay, well, you know, when his mother died in a hospital, the body was lost for a few hours before they found it. Maybe there was something there, but it never tries to tell you directly like, oh, this is the reason why, like this is, you know, his psych profile 101. It's more so on Amy who um, the narrative is framed within like this four month window of them becoming friends and working together, but then slowly but surely, she comes to realize that, you know, what he is doing um, is unspeakable. And then she starts working with the the detectives uh, outside of the hospital's uh, reach and knowledge to kind of, you know, um, apprehend him and get the evidence they need to kind of build a case. And then, you know, with that four month window, the, the framing of it is actually really quite ingenious because you have this relationship kind of building rather quickly for four months, but part of it yeah. as well is because of uh, Amy Loughran going through her own health issues with her having uh cardiomyopathy. And so with that, um, I think that you're not getting, you know, like a biopic that's cradle to the grave kind of story. It's just in this one moment of time in the early 2000s and the way it's shot, it's very uh, overcast and gray. Uh, it's it's removed in that out in that kind of observational way that we talked about, even with something like Tar, where it's it's less about kind of uh, telling you and more so showing you uh, how even you know people that are working for hospitals or medical institutions of any sort are also struggling. You know, a nurse who doesn't have uh, health benefits because yeah. she's still kind of uh, on a probation period and like that's a really interesting point that it's making and then even just like one you know um checkup or or um a consultation costs nearly a thousand dollars and she has to split on multiple credit cards yeah and and that that kind of makes you think like again you know as canadians you know canada is far from a perfect country but our healthcare at at this point in time is a much better system than the US and a lot of European healthcare or the uh, masses for sure. Yeah. yeah. And so there are our own problems with our own healthcare system and like hospital wait times and just the quality of, of care in some of these hospitals. But I get that in the hospitals in the US, you probably get better care, but that comes at a price and at a premium, right? Where yeah. you'd probably rather be like, well, I just, I want to get the care. Maybe it's, you know, unfortunate that wait times are hella long or you know not enough uh, not enough beds is a huge issue but like just certain kind of shitty things in our system but understaffed unless you can at least you can get the care right like it's we're not going to turn someone away because they can't afford it which is um yeah wild as a nurse right who works in the hospital that would help you but she has to keep it hidden because she doesn't want to be fired um, if they find out and stuff like that, which is 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 wild. Which is another interesting kind of nugget that's in there underneath this kind of guise of a of a serial killer movie. Yeah, and 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 again, like it's one of those films that I think has a, a pretty good balance in in how it kind of goes between following Amy's story, but then bringing in 
the detectives who are getting blocked by the hospitals. And I really love uh, Noah Emmerich as uh, the, the sergeant detective. He's always good in, in whatever he does. And like, you just kind of get that kind of weary real world kind of, you know, credibility. Oh yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, 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 and again, like it's not, I think maybe one of uh, the 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 strengths is also the film's weakness, which is how subtle it is at times. Where it's a perfectly well made, well paced, put together procedural, but it's almost to its detriment. Where you're watching it, and it's like, yeah, it's fine, you know, like it, 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 yeah. it it's well done. It's almost like again, and I don't mean this as a, a negative, but it kind of feels like a really well-made TV movie and less of like a feature film. And, and right. it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't look good or it doesn't, you know, it's not appropriate in its tone or style, but it just kind of feels and looks like a TV movie of the week. And and I think when and you that's are- that's why it's kind of perfect for Netflix though. Yeah. And I think when you are taking something that's you know, based on a true story and, and, and making an adaptation, you're always going to get the, you know, end credit title scroll or, 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 you know, the kind of like the notes and that kind of also makes it kind of feel like a TV movie of the week a little bit. And then, you know, I'm, I'm happy that someone like Tobias Lindholm made this and, and Christy Wilson Karens, um, because originally Darren Aronofsky was going to direct this, or he was looking at this to, to direct in his company, uh, Protozoa films is a, is a, a production company on the film. I think he kind of would have gone the route of having the perspective on Charlie more so than anything else. Um, and there are some questions I still had watching it a second time around, like how close were Amy and Charlie? Because there is this conversation that Charlie is also a serial dater where like he dates people that he's working closest with to kind of like, you know, kind of hide a little bit in plain sight. And and he's, yeah. you know, like he, there's even this conversation of like, you know, uh, one of his past partners who he has children with, you, you know, is, is, was also, you know, um, reporting him for harassment and things like that. So, you know, the, 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 the obvious red flags are there and it's like, it, it's one of those things where it's like the hospital knew or should have known and the past hospitals should have known and they didn't. And, you know, this guy ended up killing well over reported. Like, I think it was only, you know, uh, like maybe 90 confirmed, which but, is, like, at, but over 400, um are are possible and and it's just like you know like that could have been stopped at the first hospital but it's it's the complicity it reminds you a little bit of the catholic church where it's like okay well we have you know this priest that has been sexually molesting kids let's just instead of you know having him pay addressing this yeah we'll just remove him and put him in another pastor or we'll you know, have him go into uh, a Catholic version of, um, you know, reform or, or something like that, or like a, you know, a, a detox clinic, and then we'll put him back. Because in this another... would look bad on the church if exactly. people found out, right? Yeah, yeah, and we'll just put him in another place and we'll kind of like brush it under the uh, under the rug. And and so... Which is, it happens in so many organizations. Yeah. Like Hockey Canada, we brought up um, recently when we were talking about hockey and something, right? Like they're yeah. going through a huge controversy right now. And we're not, again, any organization, not even 
necessarily for profit organizations or or things like that. Like it, I mean, Catholic Church is basically for profit, and so is Hockey Canada, I guess. Yeah. But like, they just don't um, have to pay taxes because it's a religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it 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 happens way too often, and I think it is a really interesting subject matter, and they do touch on it here a little bit we just wish they kind of maybe went a little deeper um on that like it kind of just scratches the surface yeah but it is some movie- of the best stuff in the movie too. totally I think, like kim dickens like knowing there's a moment where she like truly knows that she sold her soul to the devil and you know working with these lawyers to keep the hospital yeah. you know um clean of any liability and it's like you you see it on her face in this final moment where it's like i'm literally as bad as the serial killer you know uh, mm-hmm. and maybe worse because again they could have done something could have saved people yeah uh, i'm gonna give the movie a th- i forget what i gave it i think like i'm in that three three five territory i think i've softened on it so i'm probably gonna go to that three territory just from memory because like it's not necessarily a movie i'm going to ever revisit i mildly enjoyed my time with it i don't know if it's even a movie that i'm gonna like go hey you should watch this it's just like oh if you watch it you're not gonna dislike it i don't think maybe depending on your thoughts on eddie redmayne and stuff like that but um it's a perfectly okay movie to throw on netflix like if you're looking for something with you know star power true story serial killers are weirdly popular um now um like eric already mentioned some of the other ones that sensationalize them a little bit more um but yeah i I think a three out of five it's it's decent yeah i'm also going to give it a three out of five it's it's conscientious true crime genre filmmaking and you know you have a good filmmaker you have a decent screenwriter um chastain i think gives a better performance here than she does in the eyes of tammy faye i think she's really good at procedurals like even something like zero dark 30 where you know the proactive quality of the character that she's playing and trying to resolve or, 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 or find a situ- a way to solve a situation. Mm-hmm. There's something about her, like the way she calculates things in moments of, of silence or when she's thinking about things, when it's so engaging. And I think she's, I mean, she's always been good, but I think she really is like, I'd love to see her play a detective in something like, like not, a police detective per se, but like just like a detective of some sort in like a, a noir esque story that maybe isn't based on a true story because then you can kind of get a little bit more deeper or seedier or darker yeah. in the tone and not feel guilty for exploiting, you know, some of the true nature of this story. Yes. But this movie does do it a lot better than I think it would have been something if it was like, directed yeah. by someone else or if it was Ryan Murphy, Ryan Murphy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, our TIFF content will still be trickling out over the last or the net, not the last, it was over the last couple months, but uh, uh, it will be trickling out over the next couple months and little while as these kind of movies start coming out during festival season, but you can check out all of our other TIFF, uh, reviews we have reviews up for how to blow up a pipeline the greatest beer run ever women talking um glass uh, onion bro- the fableman glass- bros brother uh weird al the yankovic story weird weird the al yankovic story the banshees uh, of an sheeran sheeran triangle of sadness pearl 
um, The Whale. Um, so tons of TIFF reviews that you guys can go check out. And then as you know, the upcoming weeks, especially and into November and into December, you'll see uh, even more. Uh, we also have, if you just don't care about TIFF stuff and want a little popcorn cinema, you can check out our review for Black Adam, uh, Halloween Ends, which I thought was a great conversation uh, with Eric, spoiler filled about why you know we defended that movie when it's getting shit canned by everyone. Are we the um, contrarians? Go and listen and find we'll out. See. Um, our review of Tar also very fun because it's um, we called it the Tar Wars because Eric and I were on very opposite sides of of that movie. So that's a fun one. Go check that out. Uh, Rosalind, Amsterdam, Werewolf by Night. Ton, don't worry, darling. So tons of stuff. Go check out everything over on Untitled Movie Reviews. Our latest episodes of the Untitled Movie Podcast. You can check out our Black Adam Rocks Toronto. We saw The Rock in person. That was interesting. Go check out that episode. We also broke down the Super Mario Brothers trailer in episode 134. The Last of Us trailer in episode 133. Uh, and we should have another episode soon. Not sure when. It might be next week where this week we might focus on a Black Adam spoiler cast. Um, I think that's it. That's all to promote. Uh, one stop shop for everything. Head over to Letterbox, which is untitled underscore movies. Uh, and follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene, including an interview with the good nurse director, Tobias Lindholm, uh, and on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Insane in the red main. Insane in the red moon. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> God. <laughs>